So you've got to be empty, and then we're filled. And this morning, I'm just going to leave this up here because I want us to just reflect on, God, am I full? Am I half full? Am I empty? Am I overflowing? Best illustration I know. Now, last weekend, I couldn't count so many came forward. Elders didn't, they couldn't cover all the people. People just came and came, and they got all the way out here in a carpet area. And people were responding to the grace of God. And a lot of you sat in your seat, and you didn't come for whatever reasons, and I don't know why, that's when you and the Lord. And I ask you to do inventory, and I pray that some of you did inventory this week. I'm just curious, raise your hand if you took that legal pad experience and you did what preacher preached on last weekend. Mmm. Y'all got homework. We need to get our legal pad out. We need to say, Holy Spirit, help me see where I've been missing the mark. And he'll fill your sheet up or half a page. Some of you fill a notebook up, okay? But just begin to do business. Say, God, do inventory. Now, this morning, I didn't get there last week, but I want to talk about how do you maintain the feeling? We've been talking about the Holy Spirit's power and who He is and His presence in our lives. And last week, we talked about His feeling. This weekend, I want to finish about how do you maintain that? How do you stay in that feeling of the Spirit? And then I want to move into some evidences of the Holy Spirit when He's working in our lives. He's operating fully. So just open your Bibles over to Ephesians with me. I'll show you where in a moment. And turn to the back of your worship guide, and there'll be a, a place for you to take notes, okay? So let's get there together. How do we maintain this feeling of the Spirit? Because God really does not just want to leave us alone. He wants to just fill us to an overflowing capacity. Now, as you look there on the back of your notes, I want to just say this to you. There's, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19. Will you look there with me? Ephesians 5, verse 19. And I want you to see this. In previous weeks, we talked about be filled with the Spirit. Now, let's move on and see what he says here in verse 19. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, as we read that scripture this morning, I want us to think about how do I maintain the feeling? Now, there's several ways, but I want to look at four ways scripturally based on that passage of what we need to do. Because I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit has convinced you that you need to be filled. And the church said, now, how do you keep that? How do you walk in it? How do you not lose that? Because I think it is, and I'm going to say it over and over, the Holy Spirit feeling is a continual, ongoing process. Last weekend, it was a point for many of you to initiate the step of faith and you were filled with the Spirit. Now it's an ongoing thing. Now let's look at the first one. Here it is. Put it in there. Fellowship that is full of joy. Just fellowship with Him. Now this is that fellowship, and we could look at a lot of different passages, but when we just talk about who He is, what He's done, and what He's doing in our life. The psalmist said one day, Forget not his benefits. And when we don't forget the benefits of God and we remunerate and we share those and we proclaim those, it's one of the ways that we keep the feeling of God. God, I just talk about you. My talk is filled with you. There's God chatter. There's just, it, it, can, it consumes me, Lord. It is a present tense, linear, continual movement of the Spirit filling us. And we say, God, I just want to speak about you. Lord, I, I want to stay in your presence. Lord, I want to talk about you over and over. Now, some of you, you love to talk about the Lord. You love to talk about Christ. You love to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I know some, they, they like to talk about the church, and the church is a beautiful thing, and it's the bride of Christ. But greater than the church is who? The Father, 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to talk about him to one another, and we, we share that. But as I was studying and preparing for this, I'm thinking about something that James McDonald said, and I agree with him. Four types of conversations. Here's the first one. I want you to write these down. I want you to remember them. There's four types of conversations we all have, and we gravitate to this one ever so quickly. One, weather, sports, and news. Man, we'll talk about that. I mean, sports radio is big time because people just want to hear hot air blowing across the thing. And then C-SPAN and this and that. And you can go through all the talk hosts. And we love to hear people talk and expound on nothing. And sometimes it's something and we just talk and talk. And you think about it. How many times do you just start talking to people about the weather? I raise my hand. How many of you just talk about the weather? Is the weather really all that important? I mean, it'll be beautiful. And you're like, it's a beautiful day out there, isn't it? I think it's going to get 97 degrees today in the shade. And everybody's like, yeah, I guess so. And that's all you talk about, just the weather. Or maybe you talk about the Montgomery biscuits and how awesome they are. And that's a pretty good subject because, you know, we like our minor club team here in Montgomery or we talk about our favorite football team or basketball. We talk about our gymnastics team or we just talk about something. But, you know, we just, we just stay right there at the surface. Now, anybody can do that. And then there's the second one. We talk about job, family, and church. Now, that's a little more personal because when I talk about what I do with my life and you talk about what you do with your life, people get a little more interested and you find out a little bit about them. And then they talk about their family and how many kids they have and uh, how many husbands. I mean, how many uh, a husband and a wife, you don't want more than one. And, uh, and, and you just talk about, you know, what your family's like, what they're doing and what they're not doing and how you can have some help and on and on. And, and that, that's pretty good. And then, and then if you're really starting to move a little deeper, you start talking about your church and in Montgomery, Alabama, where we live, we are a religious community. Everybody wants to talk about church. Somebody's got some kind of church heritage. Hey, my uncle, my granddaddy, he was a preacher of the church out in the Wildwood. I'm like, well, that's good. Does that make you a Christian? Well, I think so. I'm an American. No, you're lost, okay? And then, then third. Now, here's one we don't usually talk about until we get to know them. Now, some people have no problem with this one, and they'll wear you out. But some people, if they feel safe, they'll talk about their personal problems. They'll talk about what their heart's hurting. That's why I love body life. I don't say, everybody stand up and share, woe is me and what you're struggling with. I say, stand and receive what? Prayer. When we say, God, we want you to come down and we want you to intervene and do something in this situation. We want the heavenly resources to be deposited. How many of you want heavenly resources deposited in your problems this morning? Or do you want just talk radio and chatter and people go, bless you. You know what they're saying when they say bless you? They're going, bless you, dummy. Hey, bless you, bless you. I say this all the time, bless your heart. Well, you know, I do want to be blessed, but sometimes I'm like, whatever, I don't have anything else to say. So we, we dig on our personal problems. Look at the fourth one. Now here's where we don't go and God wants us to go. Who is God? How great is our God? And we begin to declare who God is and what He's doing in our life. And people need to receive that. They need to hear about it. God has done this for me. God is this. The Holy Spirit is beginning to prompt me and lead me. The control of Christ is greater than it's ever been. Christ has delivered me from this. How many people want to hear about stuff like that? Man, there's power in that. There's the power of God that gets infused in a, in a person filled with the Spirit. They like to talk about the things of the Lord. It brings joy to their heart. So I ask us, do we move there? Let me give you the second thing. Worship from the heart, singing on the inside. Now, I didn't say singing out loud. It can be that. But some of you don't need to sing out loud. No, you do. And, and, and i, I got to tell you all a story. Y'all will love this. Uh, is, Brenda, is Brenda over me? Did she come in the house? She'd laugh about this, too. 
A few weeks ago, we were having Jason's homegoing resurrection service. And Jason had a dear, precious Church of Christ minister friend that he'd been friends with about 30 years. And he'd asked him to do a part of the service, so we did it together. And I, I, I fell in love with this delightful man. He serves this rural church and about 50 or 60 people, and he's just been loving for like 37 years. Just a neat guy. And uh, so we get over to the funeral home, and I want you to know something. At the funeral home, guess what they don't have? They don't have a piano. They don't have a keyboard. They have an organ. And Chris, he can sing. Oh, my goodness, he can sing. He can play the piano. He can play the keyboard in the church at Christ Community said, but he don't play the organ. And, and, I, I know, and, and Chris walks in and he goes, Keith, there's not one in the room. And, and, and the funeral director kept saying, Chris, play the, play the organ. I go, no, he don't, he don't want to play the organ. And I'm thinking, we don't want him to play the organ, okay? Because of Chris, you know, Chris is pretty confident. So when Chris is saying, I don't want to play the organ, I'm like, trust him. Don't let him play the organ. So I said, Chris, run to the church and get the keyboard. Well, I didn't say run, you know, drive. So Chris drove over here, and Amy and I are running around the funeral home, and we're calling and looking for chords like I knew what I was doing, but Amy, Amy knew what she was doing. And Chris comes running back in, and we're delaying the funeral. Now, everybody out there didn't really know what was going on, but we knew exactly what was going on. And, and this Church of Christ minister friend, he's just, he just having a big time laughing. And he told me, he said, and, and then Chris gets in and plugs in it, and it won't work. So Chris and Amy had to do a cappella. And, and I told him, I said, man, you, you're really close to the Lord, man. Your prayer got through today. We had no instruments. But he made a comment to me I thought was interesting. He looked at me and says, you know, Pastor, I said, did you pray for that? And he just laughed. He says, no. He says, but I'll be honest with you, sometimes in our church, I wish we had a little music. Because some of our people sing so bad, and I just laughed and walked off. Now, y'all don't sing that bad. Y'all sing great. And I love it when you sing and you worship from where? In here, from the heart, you sing. And you sing along. You sing in a shower. You sing in a vehicle. But when you come into the family of God, don't see if you can sit on the back row and make sure you don't make a sound. I want you to come front. I wish y'all would fight over the front seats. It ain't going to happen, is it? That's one of the reasons I was so sad to see Jason go home. He always sat on the front seat and he called me on, you know? So he calls me from heaven. But what I'm saying is we worship from a heart of saying, listen to what Colossians 3.16 says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you do what? As you do what? Sing! How many of you love to sing? This is a singing church, okay? We sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in our hearts to God. We worship from our innermost being and go, Lord, worthy are you. We sing these great songs. And sometimes I, I walk around. Y'all notice that. And sometimes I just don't get it, how you can't break out in song. I don't know how you stand still. Chris is up here singing this great song today. Sing a song! And I see everybody start moving for the worship center. But then sometimes you get here and you freeze. Man, get into the song. You got it now? Sing, worship. Man, Lord, we bless you. We've got a voice, so we ought to do what? We've got a voice, we ought to do what? Use it. Sing. You're like, not me. Well, sing. If you sing too off key, we'll tell you. Don't worry about it, you know? Believe it or not, my wife has told me to sing quieter a time or two. And some of you have said, man, you can sing, preacher. And that makes me feel real good. But anyway, that shows what you know. Okay, so sing with a heart for the Lord from the inside. Lord, I go for you. I leap within my heart. Lord, I rejoice in you. God, you're good. Third, we are thankful, abounding here. Look at this third here. We're thankful. We abound in gratitude. God, I am so grateful. Philippians 1.3. 
I thank my God every time I remember you. I remembered of your faith, of your mother's faith, of your faith. Your faith was genuine. It was sincere. It was contagious. Your faith moved me to be a Christ follower. How many people are Christians today because of others' faith? It's untold millions because they've seen Jesus Christ resonate from another person's life. And they just go, God, I'm not going to grumble anymore. I want to be great. I like what Beth Moore said. I want to give her credit. I want you to write this down. I love this quote. There is no high like the most high. Can you say that with me? There is no high like the most high. If you want the highest of highest, you worship Jesus in gratefulness this morning. Amen? I mean, I just get excited when I start thinking about who God is and thanking Him for all His blessings and His benefits and His goodness and His mercy. And does that mean God does what I want Him to do? No. Does that mean God does things on my time? No. But it means He's the worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was what? Slain crucified for you and I. So Lord, we just bless you. Listen to Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Abba, here's my request. I want to thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. You've been good. God, my days have been blessed. You know, I don't know where you're at this morning. Some of you don't feel thankful, and maybe I understand in my flesh, but I'm saying get in your spirit, man, and say, Lord Jesus, Help me to be thankful for what you're doing because you care about me. You're building your character, your image in my life. You know, I said with you several weeks ago, I said God reigns on the just and the unjust. That's what it says in the Gospel of Matthew. And right now, if I had the ability, I would just want blessing to be over every one of you and have no more problems. I wish we could say, we're in a church of no problems. And man, all your prayers are answered, but that's not biblical Christianity, church. There are many that have gone before that are living during and will come after us and they will suffer great things for the cause of Jesus Christ. Worthy is him who endured the cross and gave us an example to follow after him. I like it when everything's going good, don't you? I mean, and that, that's easy to be a Christian then. But God says, hey, when things are hard, praise me, bless me, honor me. It's a evidence of the Spirit. Give me the fourth one. We give submission in a reverent manner. Lord, I yield I surrender myself to you, God. I submit to what you're doing in my life, Lord. I submit because I fear you, God, because you are holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Lord, I need to bow to you. I need to honor you. I humble myself. Lord, I submit to you this morning. Lord, I maintain the feeling because I'm constantly saying, Lord, here's what I know about the feeling. You don't have to beg the Father for the feeling. You don't have to beg the Holy Spirit for the feeling. The Holy Spirit wants to feel everybody in this room right now and continually. Now, we have to confess our sin and walk in obedience, but He wants us to be under Him. And He's saying, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I yield to You. Lord, I want Your best for my life. Lord, I want Your will done in my life, not mine. Now, that's a hard prayer, but God said that's, what, that's what's biblical. So you let the Holy Spirit do what? Here it is. I don't have any more water. I'm sorry. You just continually fill and fill and fill. And you see, what is filling this vase here is lots of water. God wants this to be an example of us. He wants us to be so full of Him that when stuff touches us and stuff comes out of us, guess what comes out? Him, the Holy Spirit. You know what I know? What's down in the well, said old Vance Habner, old Southern Baptist. He was a great preacher. He said, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. 
And let me, let me ask you this. How many of you said, that's not what I meant to say? That's not what I was feeling? You're lying. You see, what's in here? I've said that many times. That's not really what I meant to say. It is what I meant to say. I just didn't mean to say it out loud. Is that not the truth? When you have anger and resentment and bitterness, you know it's in here. God knows it's in there. And then you, you lash off on somebody. You say something less than spiritual, a lot less than spiritual. And you say something to them, and it gets all over them. Uh, somebody once said this way. It's verbal vomit goes all over them. And you go, I didn't mean that. Well, at the place you were at, it's what was consuming and filling your heart. So the Holy Spirit says, I want to fill you today in a fresh way. Let me just give you some quick words I want you to write down as we move into this evidence. So this is real important. Review the message here. First of all, we have to thirst for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I said, establishing foundation, when you're in Christ, you are sealed marked with the Holy Spirit. You're a Christ follower, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, how much does the Holy Spirit have of you? Number one, you thirst. You thirst for Him. Secondly, you come to Him and say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I'm coming. I'm presenting myself. I'm surrendering to you. And then you drink of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want to drink of you. I want to be filled with you. And then you overflow. So as you do those things, man, God's just glorified. And this morning, God wants to glorify His name in the house. He really does. Now, I want to give you 12 evidences of the Holy Spirit working in your life. We're going to move through these kind of quickly. And these aren't all of them. They're just 12 that I decided that I wanted to focus on these today. Number one is the word comfort, okay? The Holy Spirit and evidence of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the comforter comes and resides and empowers and fills us. And in the Greek, there's the word parakaleo. It means to come alongside. The Holy Spirit comes alongside me and he walks with me. As he fills me, he walks with me. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you have the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have the comforter. And that comforter just speaks and he ministers to other people and he gives you joy. And, and listen to John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Then I want you to look at this one. John 16, 5 through 7. Great passage. Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me. He's going to the Father. Where are you going? Because I've said these things, you were filled with grief. They were sad. But I tell you the truth, it is good for you or it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, read it with me, the counselor, read it, let's read it together. The counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. That's the words of Jesus. He'll come to us. Now Christ isn't walking on the earth today, but he's given us the Holy Spirit, him and the Father have. And he comes and he's made a deposit and he wants to walk alongside. So he gives us comfort. How many of you need the comfort of the Holy Spirit this morning? And we need to see that evidence that the Holy Spirit comforts you. It doesn't matter what you're going through in life. Let me, let me tell you what I've learned. People that really exhibit the feeling of the Spirit, they go through a crisis and their faith gets torn and battered and pulled. But let me tell you what, it's all, when it's all said and done, but they still have the abiding presence of the comfort. And that comforter, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the hospital rooms to comfort people, and the comforter was already there before I got there, and I got comforted by a person dying because they were comforted by the Holy Spirit. You're never alone, church. Isn't that good news? Some of you, do you remember when you were little, did you like to sleep alone? Man, house gets real big and dark. 
And sometimes the house makes sounds. You ever notice that your house makes sounds? And somebody here saying, man, I'm 52 years old. And it makes sounds. And I get up and I go running. I don't know where I'm going to run, but I just run. Some of you just, you just like that. Sounds just bother you. They don't bother me. Here's what I do when I sleep. I mean, you know, they just don't bother me a whole bunch. Now, my wife, she'll wake me up and say, hey, you're snoring. Oh, or, or, or she'll go, hey, I heard a sound. I'm thinking, I didn't hear nothing, man. I was comforted, you know. And she wants me to comfort her, wants me to go check the doors, wants me to look at stuff, wants me to, like, what am I going to do, you know? And, and I go around, and I look, it's all good. But, you know, that's part of my job. I need to be a protector. I don't need to be a bum. How many of you men don't want to be bums? How many of you men want to stay asleep? Now, I know about you men. I can't tell you how many men have told me, yeah, we, we decided to have kids, and I need my sleep. Like, like she don't need her sleep, dummy. And, uh, and that baby cries, I lay real still. That's a sin. Now, if, if I lay real still and don't move, Man, you need to get up. I can't. So I just said that for somebody. That wasn't even in my notes. That just came to you. All right. Somebody I quit going to church here saying this week. Saying, you said I need to get up and share my responsibility. Sure do. Okay. Number two, focus on Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The evidence of Him filling the life, you just focus on Christ. Christ is Lord. Christ is King. Christ is Master. Christ is life. John 15, 26, when the counsel comes, whom I will send to you, the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me. The Holy Spirit, he's all about bragging on Jesus. He just boasts in the Messiah. He boasts in Christ. So when we're filled, guess what? We focus on Christ more. That's a beautiful thing, man. Isn't that fun when somebody's around and they're boasting in Christ? I love when I boast in him. But you know, you and I, we have a tendency. Sometimes we boast in other things and ourselves and other people. And God says, boast in me. It testifies. It penetrates. He testifies to the exaltation of the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ becomes the the center of your life. He becomes the blessing. Give me a third one. There's a distinct inward change in the believer's life. There's an inward expression happening of faith that happens in your life when you're filled, continue with the Spirit. And it's just beautiful. Let me say it this way. Write this down. There is a delight of God in your inner being. You know you're filled when there is a great passion and delight to love him and be consumed and filled with him and in your innermost being you just want to be filled with God you just say God you're what I want and when God leads we say Lord I will follow when he prompts when he leads we say Lord I'll follow you I'll go with you after that Lord because you're the one that I want to follow I want to move on here it says being under the spirit's control the fullness of the Lord in our lives is seen by other people you know, other people know when you're filled with the Spirit, whether you know it or not. They really do. Now, I know there, I've met some really nice carnal people before, but most of us aren't very nice without the Holy Spirit. Would you agree? And, you know, that's why your wives love for you to go to Promise Keepers and the men's events, and, they, and, and people love to go on marriage conferences because you act differently when you come back. Hopefully there's been a deposit of God made in your life, and you go, Christ become my life. Give me the fourth one. There is a desire to be with other believers. Now, I want you to hear that. A desire. Hebrews says, let us not forsake assembling with one another as some are in the habit of doing. I love, I love Sunday mornings. I love, and it's not just because I'm the preacher here. I've loved God's house ever since I became a Christ follower. And when down our town, I love to go and to assemble with the body of Christ. How about you? 
I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of God. It's awesome. And a lot of you say, man, I love to go to God's house. And some of you are like, well, I'm, I'm still debating about it. Let me tell you, you never make your decision on Saturday night whether we're going to go to church tomorrow or not. I think you make that decision when you come to Christ, don't you? You go, man, I want to be a part of God's family. I can't wait. I might learn. I might experience. People all the time say, I can't believe I missed last Sunday. I knew something great was going to happen when I wasn't there. Well, that might be why it happened. No. All I'm saying is, but they tell me, they go, I can't believe. Hey, and I want you to have vacation. You need to be away. But when you're in town, you need to be here. And the church said, it's a great thing. It's the greatest way. Let me tell you, what can you find satisfying in reading the newspaper on Sunday morning? What can you find more satisfying at Sunday morning brunch? Now, I, you know, I know you're looking at me going, well, like you had a few brunches, Bubba. Hey, I like to eat too. But I'll tell you, there's nothing more satisfying in the presence of the Lord and there's nothing more satisfying in the presence of God's people. There is an anointing that comes in this room when we gather to lift high the name of Jesus Christ. He is worthy. And that's, I, I love to go to these events. Man, these big uh, praise events and worship events, and there's thousands of believers that love God. I mean, I like to go to a good football game, but it's kind of weak compared to a great worship thing with Jesus. My daughter went to something this year, back in January, to the Passion thing with Louis Giglio, and tens and tens of thousands of believer college students were abandoning themselves to the Lord Jesus, and they were worshiping Him. And I love to listen to it on CD and to their songs and to their talks. And I think that's what the church is. It's just a small sampling. Have you ever thought about what heaven's going to be? It's going to be a great assembly of being with other believers. Fifth, there is a dependence on the Holy Spirit is an evidence. You just you quit depending on yourself and your flesh because your flesh fails you and you go, Lord, there is no spiritual value in my life apart from you. So I must depend on you. There's a yielding and embracing of the Holy Spirit. You go, Holy Spirit, I lean into you. I lean on you. I want you to fill me. I want you to control me, Holy Spirit, because we're utterly, absolutely dependent upon the power of the Spirit if we want to walk in the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Here's what else I know. When we're dependent on God to fill us, I think we get direction in our life in a new level. I also think we forgive people when we're filled with the Spirit. How about you? There's a whole message in there about forgiveness, and I preached on that. Not today, though. Let me give you six. Discernment. Now, I want to talk to you about this. I want you to hear this carefully. There is not a lot of discernment in the body of Christ, I'm convinced. I don't know why. A lot of people go for emotionalism and experiences, and I think that's all part of it. Some people are just so hard that they're going for knowledge and they're going for truth and all that's good. And I think there's a balance between the two. But I find that a lot of Christians don't have very much intuition. They don't have very much spiritual discernment. God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to give you and I discernment. Discernment leads you in the path of righteousness. Discernment will keep you from going down the wrong path and making poor choices. And how many of you want discernment this morning? How many need discernment this morning? Yeah, all of us. Because when we have discernment, we have the counsel of Almighty God, and there's wisdom, and there's understanding. And, and, and you know, I, I think about um, uh, how many don't have discernment. I mean, why do you think our world is in so much debt in our nation? People didn't have God's principles. There's a lot of false teaching in our world today. And we need the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and we need the battle for truth. I want you to write down a verse, John 17, 17. I want you to hear this. Sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. 
That's what the Scripture says. Lord, set them apart in the truth of the Scripture. Lord, sanctify our lives by the truth of what your Word says because, Lord, your Word will bring freedom. Your Word will bring correction. It will bring joy. So we have the capacity here to grasp the deeper things of God when we get the discernment of God. And this morning, I'm just asking you, have you asked God lately for wisdom? Have you asked Him for discernment? Lord, here's an evidence. I'm discerning. I know some of you in this room, I mean, I know, know probably all, almost all of you, not quite all of you, and some of you have high-capacity discernment lives. And I want to go to you to get knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And some of you, you're wonderful people, but you lack discernment. I'm saying... The Holy Spirit wants to begin to work that in your life. It'll cause you to choose the right path and not walk on the air and, and, and walk into that. Let me give you seven. There's an inner dynamic to handle life's pressures. Life is full of pressure, isn't it? I mean, you know, I have appointments around here. And then sometimes people just drop in and then somebody else drops and then somebody calls and then I've got this deadline, I've got that deadline, you've got deadlines and you've got sales and you work at the hospital and you work at the office and you work here and you do this and, and you, you teach kids and the kids don't listen and life's just full of pressures. How many think you're going to escape pressures in this life? It ain't going to happen. I mean, life is filled with pressure. It's how we're going to respond to the pressure that's being put on us. When you and I are filled with the Spirit, the Spirit does what? He overflows. But see, a lot of times I'm not filled with enough of Him. I don't give Him enough control. And my flesh begins to come out. And it's not just my flesh, it's your flesh. And let me tell you, your flesh is not pretty. You might say, have you seen my sister? Well, no, I, I ain't seen her. And I'm not looking for your sister, okay? I'm happily married, Amen. But what I'm saying is, your flesh is not pretty. How many of you want to just turn to the person next to you? Well, this might be a little scary, but go ahead and do it. Turn to him and say, your flesh is not pretty. Just go ahead and turn it to him. So your flesh is not pretty. Somebody said, thanks, man. I got to eat by myself now. That was fun. I just told my wife. My husband's used to me telling him he doesn't look good, but I just told her. Okay, we'll buy our flowers on the way home and kiss up and whatever. Okay, that'd be great. But our flesh, is, our flesh is not very attractive. You see, when, when we get consumed with this earth stuff and we gratify the desires of our flesh, it's yucky. That's, that's a spiritual word, okay? In the Greek, yucky. You know what yucky means? Yucky. It's not Greek. Don't go home and say, hey, the pastor said yucky's Greek. It's really not. But there's, the, when the feeling happens, there's a, there's a preparedness to win. And we just have the, the ability to overcome. Let me give you eight. There's an internal filtering system. There's a passage here in Philippians, and we've, we've, I've done a teaching on Philippians years ago, but let's look at it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, do what? Think about such things. That's the internal system of the Holy Spirit. We begin to put God's Word in our heart, and we begin to reflect on it, and God's Word begins to filter out the stuff. We have a thing at our house that Donna found for us years ago. It's really good. And it allowed me to watch some things that I wouldn't have otherwise watched because I just didn't want the language to fill my home and my heart. It's called TV Guardian or Angel Guardian or something. And um, 
and, 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 and it used to work real good, and sometimes it works real good still, and it makes me real mad when I'm watching the Christian channel, because sometimes you'll be, you'll be watching somebody, and every time they say God, it, it erases God, and it puts man, and, 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 and does all this stuff, like, man, I just want to worship God, you know, what's wrong with this dumb thing? But when you're watching other shows sometimes, it'll, it'll take the words out. But every once in a while, I'm finding that thing, it doesn't filter all the words, and I, oops, and we all look at each other like, man, that slipped through. Well, you're saying, well, Keith, why did I share that? Because we have the internal filter of the Holy Spirit. And He can begin to filter out the things of this world if we'll listen to Him. And we'll respond and obey His voice. So the internal filtering system of the Holy Spirit. A strong conviction that sin is evident somewhere. Lord, what is it? Show me what it is, Lord. I'll I'll turn from it by Your grace. I'll respond. Lord, You have persuaded me by Your Spirit to repent. Then repent and walk in fullness. Nine, we're enabled to stand alone with confidence. That's an evidence of the Holy Spirit. You can stand alone. Now, it's, I, I don't like standing alone. I like standing with people. I'm a, I'm a people person. I know y'all can't believe this. Your pastor loves people. And I love to preach and communicate. But I hate radio. I mean, I hate it with a passion. I love John and our church because John's on the board of Faith Radio and I love what faith radio, and I love to listen to the teachers. But anytime they invite me to do a devotional or go over to the radio station, I start doing this. And when they sit me down in a studio with a mic crammed in my face and go, talk to it, I hate it. I can't read its eyes. I don't feed off its energy. I don't feed off its life. It, it's just, it, it doesn't work for me. And some of you are like, well, you're just the opposite. You put you up live, you don't like that. So I don't like to stand alone. I like to stand with people. But the Holy Spirit gives you and I the ability to stand alone with confidence. The Word says, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. So God's always with you. The Holy Spirit's in you. When He makes a deposit, He says, hey, here's an evidence of my feeling. I'll go with you. I'll give you boldness you've never had. The boldness from the feeling of the Spirit. Ten, we're able to minister to others through the ministry of spiritual gifts. Now, we can just minister to others through spiritual gifts because when He fills us, He makes deposits. I don't have time to cover this today, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and other passages, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. These passages and others talk about the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. God gives gifts as He sees fit, and He will give you gifts to minister to the body of Christ for the building up, the edification of the body. I I love that. Lord, you you want us to rely on you. Now, I want to give you a quick word. I want you to hear this. There's two things that happen with the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear this carefully. There's, There's two extremes. There is the camp that neglects the Holy Spirit altogether. They just ignore the Holy Spirit. That's wrong. There's another camp, and they abuse it, and they get in the flesh. There's a balance somewhere right there in the middle. And the church said, and that's what I'm shooting for, that middle ground. I don't want to ignore it, but I don't want to be some wild-eyed fanatic that I wouldn't know truth if it hit me, and there's no discernment, and there's a beautiful balance. And we want to minister out of the power of the Holy Spirit, and we want to minister through the gifts of the Spirit. You agree? It's a great thing, church. And I'm going to give you the last one. This is real important, quickly. There's fruit or godly character is exhibited. Well, oh, oh, back up. You're right. You got it. I skipped one, didn't I? Oh, I did it. I, I do that about every other week. We can rely on the Spirit to intercede for us. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. In our prayer life, the Holy Spirit makes groans and He prays and He teaches us how to pray and who to pray for. So there's a, there's a new degree, a new depth of your prayer life when the Holy Spirit fills your life. And we all need this ministry of the Holy Spirit. Would you agree, church?
It's awesome. Lord, I don't know how to pray for that. All the time I come in these situations, Lord, I don't know how to, but Holy Spirit, you know how to make utterances. Holy Spirit, you know how to pray. And when you fill yourself with more of God's Word, man, that's a great way to start. Pray His Word back to Him, but He begins to fill your mind and your heart, and the Holy Spirit begins to make intercession for you. Now, I'm sorry, let's go to 12. Fruitly or godly character here is exhibited. God wants you and I to bear fruit. Now, can I see this next little uh, thing on the screen? How many of you just want to go up there and just grab one of those things? Nobody? I don't even like fruit. I mean, I like grapes and oranges are okay and apples are just kind of a pain, but they, they are kind of sweet. But, but you know, I mean, I, I, just, I see that water hanging off there. And man, that's a, that's a pretty picture. I just, want to, I just want to reach up there and, you know, just get some of that lush fruit. It's just something attractive about that. And I love seeing that sitting in a home in a bowl. And, and we have fake fruit around our house and real fruit. And it's always fun to see little kids come over and they go over in the corner and, you know, and they're, oh, and put it back down. You know, you ain't supposed to eat the fruit. You know, if you were, you're stealing it anyway. But, you know, we, we give you fruit. All you got to do is ask us, okay? But here it is. Look what the fruit of the Spirit is. He produces nine distinctives. What are they? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, and your favorite, self-control. No, it, it should be all our favorites, okay? That's what He produces. So when the Holy Spirit fills, He does what? He produces fruit. And it's the fruit on our tree. Our life is our tree. Is anybody wanting to come up lately and pick you? Because your life is just so exhibits the character of Christ. He's worthy. I'm coming to the conclusion of a Sunday morning in a series that I hope has touched you and impacted your life. Walking in the fullness and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, reign on me. Holy Spirit, reign on our faith family. Holy Spirit, have your way.